Sports Talk Radio for the Brainerd Lakes. 1380 KLIZ AM. Brainerd Baxter, the fan. It's time for Lakes Woods and Irons at 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Featuring Colin McDonald and Chris Foley. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Craigan's Legacy Courses, Tito's Handmade Vodka, Rutgers Bay Lake Lodge, The Tea Hive, The Holiday Station on Mill Avenue, and Maury's Market. Streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, sponsored by Mills GM. And now, here's Chris Foley and Colin McDonald. Welcome back to Lakes Woods and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com and now on uh, Podcast One as well. Streaming thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2019 Buicks. Chris, uh, welcome back. Another week and a huge week for golf in the Twin Cities. Yeah, big week. We've got the uh, 3M Open this week as as we as we tape. They're playing the Pro-Am, but uh, we'll have the Saturday around by the time this broadcast. But uh, great week in the Twin Cities for golf. You know, two out of the last three weeks having a ladies major. Now the PGA Tour returns to uh, the Twin Cities. Fans of the fan have probably heard the common man, but he uh, played in the Pro-Am uh, today. And he, of course, he always talks about his golf game because not only it eggs on uh, listeners who don't want him to talk about his golf game, <laughs> uh, but he, his, his sidekick loves it too. So evidently he hit his first uh, shot in the Pro-Am, uh, 40 yards, and the, uh, the pros with him said, well, you, you know, in the fairway, nice going, and and he gets down there and it didn't make it to the fairway. <laughs> it was about two feet short, and then he said, I took out a six iron, and we said it was buried deep. He said it took a hack at it and went about a foot. So now I'm 40 yards one foot after two. <laughs> Hits a six iron down and reaches the green, and he's got about a 12-footer. Uh, and uh, the caddy of the pro says, you're not really going to grind that 12-footer out for a double bogey, are you? <laughs> he says, watch me. And he buried the 12-footer with the fist pump. That way. Got the double. To start. Way to go common. <laughs> yeah, this uh be interesting to see the results. Uh, boy, in Detroit last week, we were just talking off mic. Uh, Nate Lashley wins, and uh, just a great story. Um, 25 under par, got some tragedy in his life, and uh, has overcome a lot. And one of those guys who... Uh, uh, kind of proof in the pudding of a, of a from a teacher's perspective like yourself, Chris, this guy gradually found a way to get better he's 36 years old and frankly wasn't good enough to be on the tour for probably you know six or eight years plays on smaller tours and grinds and grinds and grinds gets better latin american tour he's player of the year comes had an eighth place finish this year but he's never done anything like this no and he he gets in as an alternate so you know he's got he's got full tour privileges um but you know as his his ranking is low enough where he doesn't get into every event gets in last minute and uh has a you know just a tremendous finish and uh you know we 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 talk about it a lot but one of the biggest traits of champions is that emotional resilience both on and off the golf course so yeah played in gosh just about every major tour around the world the latino american tour the canadian tour european tour and um you know has just pursued and gotten a little better every year so. yeah and that just unique and sad and great story the game that has given him everything basically and took everything from him too yeah. 
his parents come out to watch a tournament when he's in at University of Arizona, and uh, and his girlfriend, who he's been with since high school, and they all three get killed on the way back from the tournament after watching him play, which is in the plane crash, which Oof. is so tough deal. Golf kind of took his life away in a way, and uh, has made his life too. So yeah, wall to wall, he leads it and. Uh, Exemptions now for two years. All the majors he gets to play in. Yeah, how great! Oh, that's a great story. He was emotional at the end, of course. It was it was a wonderful story to see. So that was very cool. The three M now in Blaine. Uh, I have a feeling they'll they'll probably treat it a little bit like Detroit. I would think they. Uh, have you seen any numbers on what they think they might shoot? I would guess they'll go pretty low. You know, I I, I would guess they'll they'll be somewhere in the twenty twenty under. Area, you know, on the on the Champions Tour, they generally shot, you know, fourteen to sixteen under. Uh, the golf course is about five hundred yards longer than it had been for the for the regular tour. They're playing at about seventy four hundred yards. So they've added, uh, I think they've added length to twelve different holes. Uh, they've redone the bunkers. Uh, about the only thing that they haven't redone uh, TPC is is the greens. Uh, but they've recontoured a lot of fairways. They they said the rough is very thick and they've narrowed the fairways. So yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be fun. Tom Lehman did the the redesign work, and um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun event. They've got a great field. Yeah, you get to see some of the best in the world. While Kepka's there, he probably is the best in the world right now, and uh, he'll be there. It'd be fun just to just to see those guys. And one of the things that's kind of fun, I think, people in a lot of towns where they have tournaments and uh the general public can kind of go out next week and if you want to play the blacks play the blacks and uh, just see what you're gonna what you would shoot <laughs> and see how difficult this game is for these that and how good these guys are yeah that's right we I, there are, there's a group of uh, brainer guys that were down there last week playing and um uh one in particular said he said he, he couldn't advance the ball out of the rough. So, oh, really? Yeah. He, he said about the longest club he could, he could have out of the rough was about a uh, pitching wedge or nine iron. He said otherwise he had no chance. And, you know, it's it's pretty standard fare on the PGA Tour, the length of the rough that they have. I think it is a bit thicker than than they typically encounter with all the, the rain we've had, and especially the, the little warmer, humid weather this week. So. Um, it's gonna it it'll be uh, it'll be fun to see, and it's always fun to see a golf course that you're familiar with. And the type of grass we have in Minnesota, even uh, people who have played the uh, any of the great courses up here, the Classic and the Pines, and uh, well, so many Rutgers and Maddens and Craigans, um, <coughs> of course. If you get for sure second cut, even if you get in the first cut, if they haven't cut it in a few days, the grass is thick up oh, here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's thick and it sits down and uh, yeah. There's a big difference between being in the fairway and in the rough. Well, I mean, that's why you, you look at a guy like Brooks Kepka or, or Dustin Johnson or, or Rory McIlroy, who is, you know, they're so strong. Yeah. And uh, that that's the the bigger advantage rather than distance for those guys, even though they are extremely long, is that they don't have any trouble out of that rough. I mean, it's... When you're that strong, the you can just plow, plow through or power through it. And, yeah. Uh, a lot easier. <laughs> different, different game than we play. We've got uh, some good guests today. Uh, Tim Trott's going to join us, and uh, Tim's at Crosswoods, and just a heck of a good guy, another guy in the golf business that's just a really, really good guy to talk to. And then we've got a friend of yours yeah, uh, Tom, as well. my friend Tom Roth from uh, San Antonio, who's in charge of the U.S. Junior Golf Team and now is uh, – 
uh, the agent of Roberto Diaz on the PGA Tour. Oh, nice. Good. <laughs> we'll be back with that and more right after this on Lakes, Woods, and Irons. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley and Colin McDonald at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, The Fan, streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com and now available on Podcast One. Special guest, uh, local guy, a lot of you know him, and uh, uh, if you play Crosswoods, you know him. Tim Trott, head professional at Crosswoods. How you doing, Tim? I'm good, Mackie. Good to see you. Good to talk to you, I should say. Yeah. Thanks, Tim. It's, uh, you know, I saw, you, I saw you the other day, and I thought, geez, we have not had Tim on the golf show. If we have, it's been a long time. So I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no problem. No, this, I think, is a first for me. Uh, I guess I, I don't remember if we talked when I was at Golden Eagle or not. But anyway, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, t- tell us about your background. You, you and I have known each other since 1997 when we worked at the Classic together. And uh, uh, tell us, you've been involved in the local golf scene for a long time. That was, yeah, correct. I uh, moved back. I actually went to San Diego and attended the San Diego Golf Academy where I earned my uh, AA degree in business management. Of course, it's a program geared towards golf course operation and management. And, you know, they teach you how to teach and run a golf course. Uh, it's pretty much what we do every day. So it was a fun way to go to school. And after, uh, after I graduated, I attempted a Golden State tour for a few years and donated a lot of entry fees so <laughs> move back home and get a real job that paid money so i uh, moved back in 96 where i started at madden's and like you said chris i think you joined us in 97 and uh worked, worked there till 2002 i believe and went up to become golden eagles first golf pro when they opened up and uh on and off spent 10 years there and did some building in the winter and found out that that was a little too hard on the body, so I, <laughs> I uh, went back to Golden Eagle, and they, uh, you know, a few years ago changed hands, and Mike and Kelly here at Crosswoods have been after me for a while to come down, and it just made sense. The The timing was right. The move was right, and uh, here I am. Uh, this is my third season, and uh, it's busy as ever. Uh, my lessons have increased by, I don't know. 20%, maybe 30% over last year, and last year was a record year. So, um, yeah, it's good. I, I like being busy. I like uh, I like it when people are around, and, and it definitely is that here. Well, the, it, Golden, or, I mean, Crosswoods is definitely one of the busiest courses in the area, and um, the Stones have done, just done a great job of expanding that golf course and promoting golf in the area. And to, For those who don't know about the golf course, tell us a little bit, a bit about it. Well, it's 27 holes. Um, you know, like I said, they added a new nine. They call it uh, Sunrise, High Noon, and our back nine would be Sunset. And for me, um, you know, being in the business, I love it because when we get a, a slower group, we can just encourage them to go to a different nine, and we don't have to be mean to them, but we just send them over there, and the pace moves along. And, you know, they're they're all three equally scenic. I think they're, they're carved out of the woods. We have uh, Sunrise that has... Uh, a hundred acre lake on it that the couple of holes go down to uh, sunsets our original back nine and that's uh you know right downtown cross lake pretty much so we do we we uh we get a lot of play we get a lot of people just stopping in because it's right there right there off of three uh, it's really easy to get to uh and you know mike i don't know if you know this but this spring he he plowed the sunset nine again he plowed the driving range february 19th 
and invited the high schools to come out and hit range balls. Yeah, so nice. We were, we were open at the end of February, and he opened uh, Sunset 9, March 22nd. And for about two weeks, I think it was, we were the only golf course in the state open. No, that's great. And it was busy. So, yeah, Mike's, uh, he can be a little nuts, I think, but <laughs> we're all excited to get out and, and be on the grass. It, it beats hitting in the indoors, and, you know, I think he's going he's gonna to do it every year he can. And, you know, it was... It was well worth it. Put it that way. We were we were very busy. Tim, you built a lot of people in the in the audience know what a good player you were when you when you started this career here. Uh, let's go back just to the to the satellite tour for just a second, just to explain how how tough this game is and how good you got to be. Where were you in your own mind about how close you maybe came on that tour? Well, you know, I thought you know I was a plus one point eight index. That was my best lowest handicap ever, and I had one third place finish in almost five years of competing yeah it, it's that tough um you know coming from minnesota to san diego where i played very little in the summer and they played year round uh, they had a, a big big competitive edge on me they were you know used to playing longer more difficult golf courses that i was not so that was um it was a struggle um you know, I, I soon learned that I wasn't as good as I thought I was. I guess say. <laughs> um, you know, there's so many good players. But on the other hand, I, I can say, look, I tried it, and I, I know I wasn't good enough. Rather than looking back saying, "What if I'd have tried?" You know, I, I so I, I guess it was uh, it was fun, but I wasn't uh, wasn't for me. I wasn't going to make it. Sure. Well, you got a great family now and a great area to live and teach and yeah. work it's awesome yeah. it, would you it, say uh, the the uh, indoor technology now uh tim has been a nice advantage for uh, minnesota and northern players who, who can't necessarily play year-round it, it is uh you know the track pads and uh, all the new simulators that they have they're so much uh, more realistic uh you know and more accurate i should say too so you can actually work on your game uh mike has an indoor practice facility here at crosswoods as well and when Savannah coaches the team, we can have two feet of snow outside and be inside chipping and putting and hitting balls out the back door out into the eighth fairway. Nice, so, yeah. Uh, definitely definitely a nice addition that they have. And, uh, you know, our members can go use that if they want as well and chip and putt. So it's a, it's a really nice uh, a little added feature. Tim, uh Crosswoods, you have any, um, you know, tell us about your rates, and I know you have a number of leagues that you host and junior golf programs, those type of things. We do, yeah. Our junior program is uh, we're running it every Monday for six weeks. Uh, I think we have two weeks left, um, and it's it's a lot of fun. The kids come out. We uh, we teach all ages. Uh, I think there's uh, 29 kids. We, we go uh, in different uh, age groups so we can kind of give a little more instruction to the more advanced players and basic instruction to the beginners. And, you know, it lasts for an hour and a half. And at the end, they love it because we supply them with pizza every <laughs> week. So some of them are here just for the pizza, I'm sure. But we hope that they do learn and take stuff away from, from what we're teaching them. We have many leagues. Um, men's league goes on Tuesday and Thursday, 8.30 a.m. shotguns both days. The ladies have 18-hole league on Monday morning and they shotgun at 8.30, and a nine-hole league at 8.30 on Wednesday morning. Tuesday night, we do Moonlight Bay Golf League, where the local restaurant and their uh, 
patrons and employees and a bunch of our members get together and do a two-person scramble. And then they meet up at Moonlight for the nightly payout. Uh, Wednesday night, we have a couples mixer. Anybody's free to just show up and join. They pair you up and out you go. So it, uh, we definitely keep busy. We have a, a Mike Wilder fundraiser tournament coming up in August. And uh, it's it's never a day, the dull day at Crosswoods. It's always <laughs> always busy. But having said that, like today, we're going to do, this is July 3rd, we'll do 330, 340 rounds today. And my pace of play, I'm out monitoring it now, is about an hour and 50 minutes for the front nine. So we're going to be under four hours on a busy holiday week. That's uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, stuff. that's really good. A little uh, premium on accuracy. You have a fair amount of trees at Crosswoods. There is, yeah. But if you do, you know, I always kind of joke around to the beginner or the or first timer, I should say. If they always ask, well, what what's the secret? And I say, well, hit it where you see to hit it, and they laugh. But it, it makes sense because if yeah. you cut corners out here, it, you can lose your golf ball in a hurry. So, like you said, it, it does. The accuracy is is more important here than distance. Um, the distance can get you into trouble. Um, and you were asking about our rates, you know, Monday through Thursday during the week, our seniors play 18 holes with a cart for 32 bucks. So it's, it's pretty hard to beat and 47 for the general public. That's, so, uh, that's great. Great value. Yeah. It's, uh, it's hard to beat. We got all brand new carts, um, on the easy goes just like the, the legacy has. So we're, uh, really happy with them. Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely worth a, worth a trip to cross. Uh, Cross Lake and, and Crosswoods if you have not been here. Tito's Handmade Vodka is the sponsor of our 19th hole on Lakes, Woods, and Irons. And uh, uh, I would guess after a, after a uh, three-hour and 45-minute round on a busy day, you might be able to stop in, get get something to eat, and maybe have a cool one, Tim? Boy, it, it's funny you say that. We do have a full restaurant. Uh, well, it's not a full restaurant, full bar. And we do sell a lot of Tito's, as a matter of fact. <laughs> there you go. Um, yes, Tito's and lemonade, for some reason, this week has been very popular. <laughs> uh, well, we do have burger baskets, and uh, we do deli sandwiches, hot dogs, brats. You know, it's it's uh, your average, I guess, bar or, or clubhouse grill. And, you know, they, they're really quick about it. It doesn't take long. Uh, you can, if you're out here and you want to order on the turn, we bring it right out to you. It's... They've got it figured out, Mike and Kelly. They they know what they're doing, and we're uh, full service industry, I guess, up here. Yeah, service first. That is uh, that's very important, Tim. Uh, a lot of a lot of guys in golf. You'll ask, uh, you know, do you ever get a hole in one, Mac? Here, do you ever get a hole in one, Chris? And a person will say, like like I had one like five years ago. I say, yeah, I had a about a hundred and ten yard hole in one once, and other people will go, never had one, or I've had one, and. If uh, we ask you that same question, Tim, what, what would the answer be? Well, I, I get embarrassed when I get asked. <laughs> oh, shucks. It, it's been a while. I've, I haven't had one. I'm on a three-and-a-half-year drought, but I, I do have 19 through hole-in-ones. <laughs> That's <And> pretty good. <laughs> the, the thing I'm most proud about it is I played a lot of golf by myself. You know, you get done in the shop and you want to get a quick nine, and I was always afraid I'd hit a hole-in-one alone. And that never happened. I've always had witnesses for uh, all 19, so I, uh, I think that was that's pretty good. But I was close last year, and even this year at, at league at the Legacy, I 
hit one to about a half inch on Bobby's number nine. And, uh, but that's the closest. You never get a break, do you, Tim? I don't. I just can't get that next one, Chris. <laughs> Going for 20, yeah. <laughs> the wind uh, the wind was blowing the wrong direction. <laughs> right. Chris, if I asked you that same question, would you know the answer? I had three. Three? Yeah. Nothing wrong with three. Two of them were good ones. Two of them were good ones? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I know what you're saying. I did have one that I had laid at a four iron, and it was uphill, and it was, uh, oh, I don't know, 10 feet in the air, and it hit the pin and went in. So, uh, but, you know, all 19 of them are, you, you know, you remember each one of them. Sure, right? yeah, I bet, that, yeah. That feeling when the ball disappears, it's, oh, that just happened. So I don't get as excited as I used to, but I'm ready for the next one. Yeah, I bet. We had a group uh, I played with for many years, probably six, eight guys, and uh, the worst guy in the group is happens to be my best friend in my life, probably, and uh, and he, he hit a... None of us had ever had a hole-in-one at that point. He hit a screaming five-iron directly right, and it just kept slicing and slicing and slicing and ran up on the green and hit the pin and dropped in. It, <laughs> none of us could believe it. <laughs> so he had the bragging rights. You know, Mackie, on the scorecard, there is no pictures of all in one. It says one. That's exactly yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, then yep. you, and it's the only time you get to go any zeros when you get to the next tee. <laughs> yep, that's right. <laughs> Tim, thanks for taking the time. And you want to uh, invite some people up. I know you uh, you give lessons. Your schedule's filling up, but uh, still time for that? Absolutely, yep. I'm here six to seven days a week this time of year, and I do I do teach quite often um, you know i try to do it after my shift or before but you know just uh two and eight six nine two golf or four six five three is crosswood's phone number and you can get a hold of me there pretty much six days a week at this time of the year sure and your little ones are they going to be out on the course like mr foley's are i'm saying i'm sorry mackie i didn't hear that i say you've got uh, the little ones are they going to be out on the course like uh, mr foley's kids have enjoyed uh, the life in golf they they are. Uh, my oldest is actually going to Superior Lake Superior College in August. Yeah. He is. Don't tell me that. I've known you pilot. since he was born. Yes, and he's going <laughs> to college. He's going to be an airline pilot, Mackie. Nice. So he mom won't let him drive on icy roads, but he can fly planes. <laughs> <laughs> takes a little getting used to, but no, we're proud of him. That's going to be a good career for him. And. And, uh, yeah, they do play a lot of golf. Uh, they play up here in the leagues when we, when they can get out. We still see Chris down at the Legacy quite often and try to get out as, as much as I can with him because, like you said, there in August, he's going to be off to college and it'll be just, uh, my youngest Connor. And, uh, but we'll still get to play. Uh, you know, that's the beauty of golf. You can play it, uh, basically for your whole life. Awesome. Well, Tim, we appreciate you coming on the show and, uh, have a great holiday weekend here. Yes, thanks, Chris. Same to you. And Mackie, same to you. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Sounds great. Thank you, Tim. You bet. Thank you. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, The Fan, and streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. Also now available at Podcast One. And streaming brought your way by Mills DM, the home of affordable luxury. 
the 2019 Buicks. Chris, special guest, and uh, I'll let you handle the introduction. Yeah, I want to introduce one of my great friends in golf and life, uh, Tom Roth from San Antonio, Texas. Tom's the, the founder of the U.S. Junior National Team and has a has a great background in golf. He used to be the uh, Mexican national coach and has been a head pro and director of golf and a great teacher. And so what, welcome to the show, Tom. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I wanted to have you on. You, you're kind of, you, you're kind of in a new endeavor in your golf career. You're, um, you're now a player representative for agent or agent for Roberto Diaz. Yeah, yeah, that uh, is something new for me, absolutely. And and I know you and I had talked about this before, Chris. But uh, in my previous life, when I was coaching a lot, I. I had the opportunity to spend uh, five or six years as Roberto's coach on the on the national team, and as his career has progressed onto the PGA Tour, he he had a situation where he was looking for an agent, and he called me last fall and asked if I'd do it. And I, I joked with him. I said, Roberto, I'm not an agent. I don't know what to do. And it, it was interesting to me. He said, You know, first and foremost, I need somebody that I can trust. And here I am uh, representing. Roberto now and one one other fellow on the uh, I guess now the Corn Ferry Tour, uh, <laughs> who also was on our Mexico national team. So it's kind of funny how it goes full circle in our business and in life. Absolutely, Tom. What, what you know we we hear about player agents and reps, but what 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 are your responsibilities? What do you do for the players you represent? Yeah, you know I think Chris, it's probably a little bit different maybe with each player and. You know, I, I'm literally a, a two-person show myself, and I have one lady that does some admin stuff for us. So we're we're really really small and represent two players. So we do whatever the player asks. I know a lot of the big agencies are doing. I mean, literally running their day-to-day life, paying their their house payment, car payment, do, doing everything. My role is more um, mentoring. Roberto and Oscar, I would say, and then going and finding deals for them and and really managing their their business affairs. So I, I'm not so much involved with on-course performance uh, as I am with just trying to run their business. So that that's um, negotiating contracts for them, whether it's, you know, a bag deal, a hat deal, uh, an equipment deal, uh, appearance fees, doing... Uh, special events. So the guys, you know, I think there's four full-time PGA Tour members now from Mexico, which is more than there's ever been. So the the Hispanic market is pretty intrigued with these guys and they've they've all had some wonderful opportunities, you know, the corporate Mexico has really stepped up and supported these guys, which is great. So really that's what a lot of my time is doing working on their behalf to try and secure deals for them. You know, having coached uh, Tom yourself so much of your career, and I would guess just taking those kind of decisions off of a player's plate and letting them concentrate, especially at this early stage of their career where they're trying to really break in, it's very important that they maybe not have uh, distractions, for lack of a better word. Yeah, you know, I think if if an agent or everybody sort of does their job, but specifically an agent, and you can, I, I think for these guys, the biggest thing is making sure they have a job. So they've got a tremendous amount of pressure making sure they finish in that top 125 and they have a place to play is obviously paramount to them. So whatever you can do to 
to clear their mind and make sure they're not worried about damn near anything um, is really, I think, what what we're supposed to try and do for them. So to your point, yeah, that's um, just letting them be freed up and go play is probably the best thing we can do to help them. Yeah, that's neat. Well, Roberto, I, I think, had his best finish of the year uh, two weeks ago at the Travelers Championship. Did he finish eighth place? Is that right, Tom? Yeah, he finished yeah, tied for eighth. Actually, funny, he tied with uh, Abraham Answer, who's both guys are members here at Oak Hills Country Club in San Antonio. And uh, they're actually roommates, although they Roberto just bought his first home. But uh, for the past year, they've lived together, so it was kind of funny. They, they both they tied for eighth together but yeah he had a great finish he went into that last day he uh he was in the second to last group and he told me he was really really amped up and hit his uh his approach shot on on one and two over the green and made two bogeys but then mm. he fought back and played three under the west, rest of the way and he's had uh yeah top eight finish that's his or tied for eighth finish that's his best finish on the tour uh, twice this year, he's been the last, uh, I think Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico or Dominican. I think Puerto Rico, he was in the last group and didn't have his best day, but to get in that situation twice now is good for him. And with five or six events left in the year, hopefully he'll, he'll finish the year off strong. And, you know, there's, there's a bunch of new tournaments on the PGA tour for the 2019, 2020 season. And, the fall schedule is even busier than ever for these guys. So right. um, hopefully he can get business taken care of in the next few weeks. Oh, that's great. That part of the tour in the fall is nice for guys like Roberto, I would think. And uh, just that maybe a lot of the, some of the big names take a, maybe a month off or six weeks or whatever it might be, but opens up a few slots to get into some of those tournaments. Yeah. You know, I think some of the, um, some of the bigger events, uh, you know, Vegas seems to be a popular one, but there, there's some new events. Houston's back on the schedule this fall, which I guess we're not sure what that field's going to look like. But, yeah, anytime these guys get a chance to get a start, it's it's so valuable. Um, and anything can happen, as everyone knows. These guys are all so damn good. Tom, what, that if they get it going, anything can happen. Yeah, th- that brings up a good point. And, you know, I think a lot of people – Roberto has his his full tour card, but what I don't think a lot of people don't realize is that doesn't necessarily give you the privilege to play every single week. And last week we had Nate Langley win, and and just before the Masters, Corey Connors won. Nate was an alternate in the field. Corey Monday qualified, even though he has his tour card. Um, Roberto hasn't been able to get in all the events. How how does that status work? Where and how they get to play in different events? Yeah, so it's um it's it's actually somewhat complicated, you know. So there's 125 guys that have what they call full status. So those top 125 on the FedEx Cup from the previous year can play in anything they want, with the exception of the Masters and the World Golf events. So those World Golf events are typically, you know, around top 72 off the FedEx Cup get in, and then there's uh, a lot of international spots. But for regular PGA Tour events. Uh, when we're on daylight savings time, they have fields that are 156 players. And then in the winter and the fall, when the days are a little shorter, the fields are as small as 132. So the simplest way I could explain it is if there's 156 open spots, those guys that finish one 
through 125 have the opportunity to say yes or no to play in a particular tournament. And then there's around 26 different categories after that. So there's guys that are on major medical exemptions and they have an opportunity to play. And then there's past champions. So for example, if um, someone isn't in the top 125, but eight years ago they won the Masters, they would still have a couple of years of eligibility where as a major winner, they could fill spots. And it continues down that list um, until you get to a category called, I believe it's category 25, which is guys that finished either top 25 on what was the web.com tour money list or top 25 from the web.com playoffs. So essentially there's, there's 50 guys in that category and that's the, the category Roberto gained his PGA tour card on was that top 25 in the fed or the, uh, the web.com playoffs. So there's really probably, I'm going to say, 225 guys that can say yes or no to a tournament before Roberto gets a chance to get in. And um, not unlike Nate Lashley, the same thing. He He's in a category called 126 to 150 where he just finished outside of the 125s on the FedEx Cup last year, doesn't have full status, didn't make it through the web.com playoffs. So his category is even further back than Roberto's has been. So Nate tried to Monday qualify last week, missed the Monday qualifier, and ended up just getting in the day before yeah. when wow. he withdrew. What a story. And then, he's, he's not yeah. 126 anymore. <clears throat> so it's, so it's um, yeah, it's, for those guys, you know, especially, you know, and then there's five different, re, they call it reorder now, so let's say a player's number two on the money list coming off the web.com tour and another player's 50th, that guy that's number two, he gets access to these tournaments before number 50 does. Number 50's got to wait for 48 guys to say yes or no. Sure. Um, But after every five weeks, they have a reshuffle or a reorder. So if that guy got into a tournament and he was number 50th and he has a top 10 finish and that guy that was number two, um, they don't make a cut. They they reshuffle and the priority changes. So so you ha- it, you really have to play good to keep your status and get into events. Boy, no kidding. Guess what it boils down to. And and when you get a chance, you have to be ready because you don't know when you get another chance. Uh, it just shows you a guy like Dustin Johnson who had made forty seven straight cuts before missing last week. How impressive that is. Yeah, it's. Um, it is impressive, and they're all they're all so good. I think when those guys sort of get in that top fifty, top sixty in the world, where they don't have money issues, they get in all the world golf events where there's there's no cut, um, so they know they're going to accumulate money and FedEx Cup points. I think that frees them up a bunch too. I bet um, to play golf again. I, I really think just not having the money issues is massive for these guys. Sure. Now, Roberto, uh, it sounds like he's the kind of player. You said he's been in the in the uh, final two groups twice this year, so he's the kind of guy that can get going and go low for two or three or four rounds in a row. Because uh, to be in that last group or second to last group, we've obviously had three really good rounds of golf before that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He's um, he can play for sure. I mean, everyone that's out there can really play, and I think it's a matter of getting. Uh, 
getting comfortable in that position out there on tour. Um, you know, he's got a lot more security now than he probably had. Uh, even a year ago, we, he's got a, a lot of great sponsors now, so financially he's in a great place, and that just frees him up to to hopefully play really good golf. But yeah, you know, it, it's um, it's it's been a learning experience for me. Like Chris says, we, we've all been in in the game a long, long time. But as an agent, it's sort of a a different animal. Um, just seeing the pressure that are put that's put on these guys, and and I find you know you even got to be careful what you say to them. You know, you don't want to say anything that makes them second guess anything. Uh, right, absolutely. sure. So I, I really try and stay in my lane. You know, he's got a great short game coach and a, he's got a swing coach and two different people. And I I find myself kind of having to bite my tongue and not, you know, just play that role of an agent. And you got a lot of coaching, you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, but it's hard. You know, it's hard to keep your mouth shut, right? Yeah. I think, <laughs> no doubt. I've taught and coached for 25 years. I know what to tell them, but it might not be the right thing. And so it's, it's interesting for sure. It's been, I've really enjoyed it. It's been fun. That's great. Tom, what's, what's Roberto's current uh, rank on the FedEx? I think now, you know, it fluctuates, uh, uh, obviously week to week. I think, uh, I think he's 150 or 152. So he's got to, got to get to that 125 or, or better. So I think five events left to go and hopefully he, uh, can take care of business this week in Minneapolis would be great at yeah. speaking with him yesterday. And I guess, I guess they maybe did um, a number of renovations, Chris, since we were there last yeah. during the uh, Ryder Cup. He told me it's really long. Yeah, they've, they've lengthened it by almost 600 yards. They, uh, they actually moved 12 tee boxes. And wow. um, they've recontoured a lot of the fairways. And they didn't do anything to the, the greens, but recontoured the fairways, redid most of the bunkers, and added 12 tee boxes. So it's... Wow. Uh, yeah, he said it was long. So um, we'll see. Yeah, it's... Um, you know, he, he he hits it far. He's not he's not uh, Kepka or DJ long, but he he knocks it out there 300 yards. But you know, when it's when you get to 7,400 yards, that's that's a long golf course for him. But like I said, all of these guys are so good. They um, sometimes it amazes me. They almost hit it closer with a five iron than they do with a a pitching wedge. Sometimes <laughs> they just get so dialed in. And when when they get on a roll, I think. You know, as an agent, that's what I just hope for. You, you get on, you, you just need four days where everything clicks and, you know, you literally can set yourself up for a long, long time. One one week can change your life, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Well, Tom, great stuff. We'll, we'll be rooting for Roberto this weekend in Minneapolis, and uh, let's get him down in that top one, 100 in the FedEx Cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be fantastic. Yeah, it'll be uh a long five weeks for him, five weeks in a row, but um, all all good problems to have for sure. Yeah, he's got the momentum going his way for sure. So yeah, yeah, great. Well, good stuff, Tom. Well, I appreciate you joining us and uh, and sharing your knowledge. Thanks, guys. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Okay. All right. Bye, guys. That's Tom Rolfe, and uh, pleasure talking to him. And just uh, that's quite a bit of good information there. That's I, great didn't, I didn't know a lot of that stuff. We've got. Uh, you're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley and Colin McDonald at 1380 KLIZ. The Fan. 
Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan, and streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. Thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM, and also available now at Podcast One and really any podcast location. Thanks to our guest, Tom Rolfe, who is uh, uh, kind of segueing in his career into uh, golf agent sort of thing. I'm guessing he could still teach if he needed to. Yeah, t- you know, t- <laughs> Tom... Uh Tom does a lot of really cool things in the world of golf. That, the Tom's who I go and work for at the Masters every year, and Tom he has his hands in a lot of a uh, lot of different arenas in the game, so it's pretty cool. And Tim Trot, just another uh, of those guys we talk about in golf. Wonderful guy. You can uh, go see Tim at Crosswoods or see him at the Legacy often yes. playing. Uh, great player, good teacher. So pleasure to have those guys on. Uh, I saw uh, Amy, your lovely bride, uh, posted a uh, article today that I'm sure you probably put up, but she shared it, and that's where I saw it first. Participation in golf up for the first time in 14 years, which here I don't think we've been affected as much, but that's a great that's great news. Yeah, it really is good news, and you know, it, the those who know me know I talk about it a lot, but uh, you know, the, the the media world is really recycles a lot of doom and gloom news on the world of, of golf, but uh, there the last few years, especially the golf, the game of golf, I felt has been really on the uptick, and uh, in our area, the game of golf is extremely healthy. But uh, it was really nice to see for the first time in 14 years participation in, in the game is up. And I think there's a lot of a lot of factors that go into it. Um, you know, some of the, the growth of the game programs that the PGA of America and the USGA have going. And uh, it doesn't hurt that a guy like Tiger wins, Woods wins the Masters. No, it and, doesn't hurt. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we've got all these great young players and, and uh, you know, having things in, in the Twin Cities like the LPGA Championship and and uh, in the 3M definitely pique people's interest in the game so um, there, there's a lot of a lot of positive more and more positive things going on in the world of golf and uh, that I that I'm seeing good young rivalries great players from all over the world maybe and uh, well particularly guys like Rory uh, Dustin Spieth Kepka of late of in particular Tiger comes back and wins DeChambeau, some very interesting characters some Good potential rivalries on the uh, uh, on the horizon. I mean, if Spieth gets back to being Spieth uh, with four majors and Rory as well and Kepka, just those three guys have three or four majors each, and uh, they're young guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, young guys and, a, and a, a great crop of young players that are just coming onto the scene. Matthew Wolf and yeah, um, you know Victor Hovland and and uh, some of the some of the rookies that are trying to get make their way on the tour. There's just some tremendous talent that uh, uh, just spark more interest in the game. Whole bunch of young young uh, players out there that spark, I think, some interest among other young players. I, I don't know if, if Phil didn't say it best, you know. Early in the season, you know, hitting it long. He he's forty eight years old, forty nine years old, and he loves bombing it. And so does every kid who wants to play golf. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, yeah, we, we just got done with our junior golf program, or before I came into tape today, our Wednesday program, and that's uh, all they want to do is hit the driver, <laughs> which is all right. That's a good way to start. Yeah, yeah. but let's go the other way from a teaching perspective, Chris. I've been. Uh, you know, heard me the last couple of weeks complaining about how my uh, game uh, eluded me. It's gotten, you know, I'd, uh, I think I said, well, the first two rounds of the year were 54. I played a couple nines, and uh, you know, that makes you want to go home. <laughs> uh, 
But uh, had a 43 the other night and uh, made nice. a couple putts. And it's a funny game because you make a couple putts, which is I had a 45 the week before and didn't feel like great about it. 43 with a couple putts going in and maybe maybe hit three really nice shots in the round. Perfect shots for my, for me. Yeah. Uh, you do that and you think, well, I can do this. This game isn't that hard. Yeah. No. Yeah. But let's talk about that uh, 100 yards and in, 60-yard shots, so crucial. And uh, early in the season for me, not early in the season for most people, but a uh, short game, we just don't practice it enough, do we? No, we don't practice it enough. And, and you know, the the full swing shots are much easier to execute and to, to get back when you're off because, you know, your, your seven iron you know goes a – a range of distances, you know, and it, your seven iron might be your 155 or 160 club and, and your full nine iron is, let's say your 120 to 130 club. But when, when you get into those partial shots, so let's say under a hundred yards, it, uh, uh, it requires more touch and more practice. And, and if we're not hitting it solid, it, it's very difficult to, to calibrate those distances. So you really have to get out and our, and your number one priority when working on the short game is is you've got to make reasonably consistent solid contact and the key to that is really getting the club to bottom out in the right place consistently and that that would be when when any shot that's hit off the ground we're, we're we have to hit with a descending blow so the club is actually the low point of the swing is actually uh, in front of the ball so for a, a right-handed player on the left side of the ball so once we have when we're making re- reasonably consistent solid contact, when you're getting the club to bottom out in the same place, then it's much easier to calibrate those distances because we're making good ball turf contact and a, let's say we're making a waist high to waist high swing, that's going to go a certain yardage for us. And that's that yardage is going to be unique to you. And as, as we increase the length and the pace of the swing, that ball is going to go longer. If we make a shorter swing, it's going to go shorter. But uh, once once you can hit it reasonably consistently solid and from time to time we have to get back to that then then that distance control becomes much much easier get in the knack with uh whatever it takes a hundred swings to get uh maybe the bottom of the club there 75 times yeah exactly (laughs) something like that yeah for sure that would improve your game that's for sure yeah big time chris all right thanks for taking the time next week we'll have obviously the results of the 3m when we meet so that'll be a lot of fun another good show thanks mac That's Chris Foley. I'm Mac. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Thanks for listening to today's edition of Lakes, Woods, and Irons at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Craigan's Legacy Courses, Tito's Handmade Vodka, Rutgers Bay Lake Lodge, The Tea Hive, The Holiday Station on Mill Avenue, and Maury's Market. Streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, sponsored by Mills GM. We now return to our regularly scheduled program at the Lake Sports Talk 1380 KLIZ, The Fan.